Welcome to Too Old for This Podcast, episode 31. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. We're going to get into reviews of Watchmen, season one, episodes one and two. We're going to talk about the final trailer for Mandalorian. And we're going to talk, we're going to grind through some news. Return to the news grinder. So without further ado, on nerd and up nerd, let's start the show. Let's do it. Sorry, I had to throw My name in. is Jer. <laughs> His name is Kev. Yeah, buddy. What's up, brother? How are you this week? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, no complaints. Um, just grinding through another... Uh, of course, I did that on purpose. Just grinding through another uh, week of work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and, and and another busy week in fandom news, dude. Yep. Uh, cancellations this week bummed me out. Uh, yeah. We're going to get into that uh, in a little bit. Um, we got a lot to get through today, so I'm going to try not to mess around too much. But um, you know what? Um, before we really get into anything, Kev, I want to take you back in time. Oh, okay. I want to. I want to take. I want to take you on a little, on a little journey, a little trip back in time. All right. The year was 2018. Sorry, it was 1928. <laughs> yeah. And in a vision, the goddess Moana appeared to me. Mm-hmm. She came to me in the night. <laughs> what she said? And she said to me, she said to me, JD the MC. And I said, you can call me Jer. <laughs> she said, the time for messing around is over, my friend. It is time for you to rise up. Go forth and create the greatest podcast ever known to man. <laughs> and I said, but Goddess Moana, I am unfit. I am unable. I can't do this by myself. And then you know what happened? What Her do? theme music started over all by itself. <laughs> just by magic. <laughs> but first... From the sky came an ad for catheters, and I was confused. But the goddess Moana said, JD the MC, be not the confused, but instead seek thee out a partner. <laughs> and what was, that? what was that partner's name? A brother in arms. She said, go up to the hill, look out to the northern star. Below it, you will find the city of Brampton. <laughs> and there you will find the prophet known as DJ Kevy Kev. <laughs> and I said, Goddess Moana, I know of this DJ Kevy Kev. He's my old buddy from the 90s. We were both 90s rappers. <laughs> Uh, and then as if by magic her music started over a third time <laughs> and I said how can this be goddess Moana <laughs> and she said don't worry about it 
Just feel the vibes. <laughs> Go out and seek ye DJ Kevy Kev. And start this podcast. And I said, but Goddess Moana, will I be strong enough for this podcast? She said, yes, you will. And I said, but Goddess Moana, will I be smart enough for this podcast? She said, yes, you will. And I said, but Goddess Moana, will I be young enough for this podcast? Did you say dope enough? Because you kind of cut out there. Young, young. Will I be young? Young enough for this podcast. And then, as if from the sky, came a giant record scratch. (laughs) And she said, fuck no, you will be too old for this podcast. (laughs) Go do it. And here we are, Kevin. It's episode episode 31. Episode 31. Wow. 31. I said we were in a hurry, but I just wasted a bunch of time. <laughs> it's all good. Um, it was worth it. It was worth every second. <laughs> I just needed to hear the Moana theme a few times. Because, <laughs> you know what? We had some bad news this week. Bad news to me. A lot of people are happy that um, Benioff and Weiss are no longer making a Star Wars trilogy. Okay? And I know I know, all of you hated Game of Thrones' last couple of seasons. I know you hated the ending. Um but I am not happy about this news. I don't know about you, Kev. Why don't you tell me what you think? Because I think I feel like I'm the only person on Earth not happy that Benioff and Weiss are not making us a Star Wars trilogy. How do you feel? Uh, okay, so when I first heard this, uh, the first thing that popped into my head wasn't that they left. <laughs> the first thing that popped into my head was they, they fired. were fired. They were fired. I, I absolutely so, agree. Yeah, that was the first thing that popped into my head, and um, obviously, did you read their their statements? I yeah, I did hear their statement, and it totally like, come on. Um, don't you, you think don't... it was stayed at Disney? Don't you think it was saying like George Lucas is Star Wars and Disney are assholes? Didn't don't you think they were kind of sending that message in their statements? I felt that. Yeah. Um. I I uh, I. I I heard it. I just don't remember exactly what was said. Okay. Okay. Well, they said they talked about how they didn't have time to to move forward because with Star Wars. But Netflix, then they talked about Yeah, stuff. but then they talked about their love of Star Wars and how George Lucas mm. uh and Star Wars kind of raised them to be who they are today. Yes. But they but they were very specific about George Lucas and they never mentioned Disney. Right. So uh, it just led me to believe they're very mad at Disney. It led me to believe that Disney came to them and said, "Look, there's too much negativity around Game of Thrones, around you two. You know, we're hearing too much fan backlash because there was a lot of fan backlash. Star Wars fans seemed like the more vocal ones anyway were against Benioff and White. I like I was excited about it, but I felt like I couldn't talk about it without getting attacked on Star Wars Twitter or Star Wars Facebook. I felt like Star Wars fans out there were like, we don't want these guys because of what they did to Game of Thrones. But I personally, I didn't agree with that. But how did you personally feel? Did you want to see Benioff and Weiss's version of Star Wars? Okay, so I'll be honest. Like as you know, I didn't really um, watch a lot of Game of Thrones. Yeah, but the fact that the rumor was that they were going to tackle the Old Republic made me excited. Right. So seeing that type of 
I, I obviously it's Star Wars, so it wouldn't be exactly like Game of Thrones by any means. But yep. the fact that they have this background in like older storytelling, right. um, if that makes sense. Um, I and feel... I, know you didn't, I know you didn't watch a lot of Game of Thrones, but did did you get that the battle scenes in Game of Thrones were yeah. like the best battle scenes no, they were on television? Good, right. Ever. So yeah, exactly. No, they were really good. So right. um, yeah, of course, this is what I would want to see in a Star Wars. Right, right. Um, not necessarily dragons and stuff, but <laughs> but, but Star um, Wars has its yeah, own no, versions yeah, of dragons. They do. Right? They have like, their own creatures and stuff. X-wing like X-wing so, fighters. X-wing yeah. fighters are are you know equivalent kind of on the screen with what you're doing with them, you know, and yeah. and like they did such amazing things with those dragons. Like I I can't stress enough. I've never seen dragons on screen um portrayed in such a like visceral real and violent and exciting manner right and i'm like i want those same creators to be in charge of x-wing fighters and i and i'm never gonna get that so you know what i think probably happened is they probably turned in like a early draft of a script and they probably turned it down that's probably what it was and maybe they were like no this isn't this isn't star wars or no, this is too violent for Star Wars or something. And yeah. then they probably turned it down and then they probably were like, well, this is our script, so fuck you. Yeah. And then they probably got fired. <laughs> yeah, you know like, what? That, that's, the, that's entirely possible. Yeah, but the backlash is is probably true too because um, there were, like, obviously we all know that there was a huge backlash with the um, yep. um, the ending of Game of Thrones and Disney's probably playing it safe because ever since the whole solo right. thing, right. because there was such a huge backlash, oh, this isn't the film we wanted, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you guys fucked up Star Wars with The Last Jedi, wah, wah, wah. Uh, let's boycott Solo. So maybe this is why um, right. they were probably playing safe there too, right? So, yeah. Okay. I think you were onto something, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go into th- total theory world now on this news story. Yeah. And I wish we had a Jer theory alarm because, okay, <laughs> this is this is not reality. This is exactly my all of my hunches about this story. This is what I think is exactly what, what happened. Okay, right. I think that Benioff and Weiss were were signed to do their trilogy far before Game of Thrones actually ended. I think that the success of Game of Thrones on HBO was enough to get them that deal, right? It was the most popular, most profitable television show like in history, and it made so much money for HBO, and the success of that series was really a huge feather in the cap of Benioff and Weiss. They were the kings of Hollywood for a little bit before the show actually ended and before the fan reaction actually happened. And so the the fact that deal was announced like right at the end of Game of Thrones meant that that deal had been in the works for a long time, right? Okay. So so uh, my, my gut tells me that Disney thought it was a great idea because look what Benioff and Weiss did for HBO, like let them come do the same thing for us with Star Wars. And then uh, Game of Thrones actually ended and the fan reaction was so overwhelmingly negative, and Disney had just been through all of that shit with The Last Jedi and Solo, and finally things were quieting down for Disney, and it was like the worst possible timing for a big negative stink bomb of internet reaction to get dropped on them. Hmm. It was very soon hmm. after, it was very soon after that we heard the announcement, and I forget her name, that that um, that, that female writer is writing... Um, is writing a Star Wars movie. No, uh, the the Old Republic trilogy is actually... Be- they made an announcement, an official announcement from Lucasfilm 
um, that there was a writer working on an old public trilogy, but it wasn't said to be connected to Benioff and Weiss. Mm. And I was like, uh oh, that's weird because everybody's saying Benioff and Weiss is doing Old Republic. Right. And now we got now we got this weird story that there's some other writer making an old Republic Star Wars movie. So what are Benioff and Weiss doing? We still don't know. But the assumption is it's gonna be something that feels more like Game of Thrones, like you were saying. Mm. Like something that's more medieval and focusing more on like the wars and the battles and the, like more of the action of uh, elements of the, of the movies This I think was the general expectation. Um, but I was always worried about this negative fan reaction. I always thought this is going to get in the way at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think um, this is what we've seen, especially again, like in every one of my conspiracy theories, is wrapped around the Kevin Feige deal. But remember I said the Kevin Feige Star Wars deal, because uh, recently it was announced that Kevin Feige is also going to uh, create a Star Wars film, and we have no idea what that's going to be now. Yeah. And and my immediate thought was, Kevin Feige is the king of Hollywood exactly the same way, or even more so, than Benioff and Weiss were before the negative reaction came out to Game of Thrones at the end, right? right. So... Kevin Feige announcement kind of negated the Benioff and Weiss thing to me. And I kind of thought, you know, there's kind of no room for both of these. I think this ha- I think this decision was made a long time ago. I think the negative reaction to Game of Thrones uh, in the Disney boardroom was like, wow, we had no idea this was coming. We have to dump these guys, but we have to do it totally on the sly. And I think that's when they they greenlit uh, an older public script from a different writer. Mm-hmm. Then they then they then they started working on their Kevin Feige deal because they're like, this guy is the absolute untouchable. There's going to be no negative reaction to Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige is the the untouchable god. You know, you can't do no wrong. So um, they're in a lot better position with Feige and without Benioff and Weiss. So I'm not surprised by this announcement. Although I'm surprised by just like how muddled everything is uh, as far as how it gets announced and how decisions are made. Um, but I do definitely think that they were fired. And I, and I yeah. think that they were that, you know, it was a respectful situation where Disney wanted to give them the ability to say that they quit and to do it on their own terms, you know, and to wait until some time had passed and their Netflix deal was inked mm-hmm. so that they could say, Oh, we're going to do this instead. Um, but I totally think they were let go due to the negative back- backlash around Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think they were. I think they were replaced by Kevin Feige a long time ago. And I think that once again, just like the Sony uh, Spider-Man fracas, this mm. entire this entire fracas, all all about the Kevin Feige uh, Star Wars situation. Yeah. No. Uh, that that could be true as well. Um definitely uh could, it could be but we'll see yeah uh, i i'm sure like after a couple of years probably uh benioff and weiss will come out and spill the beans about what, what happened behind the scenes in their yeah, negotiations with disney right yeah. just like Zack snyder is doing spilling the beans about about justice league and about batman versus superman now years years later yeah. i think i think we're going to hear the same thing from benioff and weiss about what happened here and i think we're going to find out that some of the stuff i just said is true but we'll see yeah, most definitely. Um, and there was another big cancellation this week. Um, uh, uh, HBO announced that they will not be carrying the first of the Game of Thrones prequel series that they had announced. Uh, the one starring Naomi Watts, the one that was set a thousand years in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this is this is something that we had been following for a while. This is something they had announced so many details of that it seemed like it was a sure thing actually happening. Um, I had been theory crafting about this show already, just based on the information that we've already gotten because we've gotten so much. Like there was a lot of cast members announced, and uh, and I th- I believe sets were being built. I I thought a pilot was already being shot, but I don't know about that. Well, I guess we'll have to find out. More details will probably come out, but. Um, uh, once again, this was a devastating blow to me. This was like something that I was really looking forward to seeing. Um, and I was believing the story that there are so many series in development that maybe we were going to get two series running at once. And now it's been announced that the, the new series, this, um, house of dragons, which is another prequel series, but it's only 300 years in the past instead of a thousand mm-hmm. is actually being picked up and actually being made into a series. But now there's only one series in development instead of two. Um, and, uh, I was really looking forward to this Naomi. I really wanted to see Naomi watch, uh, Game of Thrones, um, a thousand years in the past right. and, uh, you know, a brand, the builder building the wall and the, and the, uh, and the origins of Winterfell and, uh, and all of that. But, um, we're going to get, uh, I guess we're going to get the fall of house Targaryen instead, which is the death of the air age of dragons. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a very dark prequel. Uh, just, I, it kind of reminds me of the star Wars prequel trilogy, because we know that this is going to end badly because it's, it's, it's about the end of the Targaryen age, about the end of the dragon age. Um, so just like, uh, the prequel star Wars trilogy ended with Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader, this is going to end with the dragons dying and, and not existing anymore. Um, uh, so I'm, you know, I'm still jazzed about this new series, but, uh, I'm sad that we lost the Naomi Watts one. And, uh, as a, as a more casual Game of Thrones fan, I'm sure you're about to say that you weren't that aware. <laughs> well, uh, no, I did hear that they, um, that they canceled one series and then there's like some other series, but yeah. I thought Naomi Watts was attached to this other series as well. Uh, not I that I know sworn, of. Oh, I guess one. That's why I heard. Or maybe it was the one that got canceled that I heard. Yeah, the one that but got canceled. Was she was. She was like the lead, and I was. Uh, you know, there was people are out there. We're out there trying to guess uh, who her character is actually going to be, and I was sure that she was going to be uh, Lan the Clever, who was the founder of House Lannister, mm-hmm. and she was going to be the first Lannister. Um, and I was really looking forward to seeing that story being told, but, um, you know, I, my theory may never be confirmed now. I'll never know. Maybe we'll see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, I, again, that's a story that probably I'm upset about and probably nobody else in the world is upset about because there's, there's still a Game of Thrones series coming. So, I mean, no need to worry about that, but, um, yeah, they're definitely not going to let this, uh, this franchise die anytime soon. And, made way no, too much gonna... money for them yeah so uh, i'm surprised they're not making a movie to tell you the truth i figured it would have gone that route <clears throat> like a prequel well, movie or something or a yeah. trilogy something yeah yeah i think i think hbo like the series made so much money hbo just wants to get into a situation where they constantly have game of new game of thrones on the air like new stuff mm-hmm. uh as much as possible um, like they want to, I think they want to develop the universe a little bit, just kind of like maybe like star Wars, uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, um, so I think they're going to probably avoid movies uh, and, and stick with series. Um, cause that's what HBO does, but, yeah, uh, we, I guess we'll see. We yeah. shall see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, is there any more news stories you want to c- cover before we get into? I know we're going to talk about this final Mandalorian trailer. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
I was very upset to uh, find out that uh, John Witherspoon passed away yesterday. That was sad. Um, yes. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that. R.A.P. John Witherspoon. Uh, huge fan of Friday. Um, yeah. He was absolutely phenomenal in that. And um, he was actually, um, he was also in House Party. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I yeah, do. He was the neighbor. Um, but most recently, uh, I started watching this uh, show which um, I kind of heard about, but I never really watched it until recently. And it's called Black Jesus. Have you ever seen that or heard of it? No, I, no, I haven't seen Black Jesus. <laughs> so anyways, uh, John Witherspoon is actually in it. And um, Black Jesus is actually uh, one of the uh, creators is actually um, Mike Clattenburg, who created the Trailer Park Boys. Nice. So, uh, yeah, basically uh, it's about this like dude who um, who everyone believes that he's Jesus and he lives in like South Central uh, Compton <laughs> nice. in LA. <laughs> it's Mike it's, Clattenburg. That's Bubbles, right? Uh, no, Mike Clattenburg is the. Uh, he was never actually on the show. Oh, okay. Um, he just created the show, uh, but he yeah, he created the characters and all that stuff. Uh, he wrote it for like years, and then he left um, before right. they went to Netflix. Uh, I believe it was he left, but he worked on like he wrote like all three of the films. That they did, did you guys so. back in the nineties? Uh, <laughs> back in the night, I want to preface this. Back in the nineties, uh, Corey of Corey and Trevor fame yes. from um, Trailer Park Hip Boys. Club Groove. He was a rapper in a rap group called Hip Club Groove, yeah. and and they toured Canada a couple times. And my band, yet another posse, played a bunch of shows with them. Oh, did uh, you guys so, play with them? I did not realize yeah, that. Yeah, awesome. yeah. So we were pals with with Corey and his and this whole crew. I think a couple other guys uh, from that band ended up working on Trailer Park Boys. But yeah, more like uh, I know I know Corey was like one of the original I think creators uh, of Trailer Park Boys. Um, I and, believe he like helped write it, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing his name as a uh, as a writing yeah, credit. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think he, yeah, he was one of the he was in on the actual creation of the of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, which was cool. He was a super creative guy. He was a great rapper, but um, mm-hmm. uh, it was cool to see him go on to uh, use his talents and create that great show. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I didn't realize that. Yeah, you uh, did. Did you guys never play? You guys never played with them? No, we yeah no, we played a no. bunch of shows. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I remember. I actually remember. Uh, I really liked Corey, and I forgot his name for like a day. I called him Colin by accident for like uh-huh. a day, <laughs> and I remember. Feel, I remember feeling so bad. Yeah. When I when I realized I had been calling him by the by the wrong name for a whole day because I really liked him, yeah. uh, but that was long before he was uh, Trailer Park Boy famous. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, any, is there any more news or should we get to the Mandalorian final um, trailer? Yeah, let's talk some uh, Mandalorian. Um, okay, do you yeah. want to just play it? We're not going to pause it and, and go shot for shot through it, but do you want to just play it and and like react to it while we watch it and then talk about it? Yeah, I totally could do that. Okay. Um, just got to pull it up here on the old YouTubes. Alrighty. So I'm going to grab the official, like the... Uh, the one on the Star Wars, okay. <clears throat> the actual Star Wars. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, That's what I'm on. Mandalorian official trailer to Disney Plus streaming November 12th is yeah. the title. Yep, that's the one. Uh, I'm at zero zero zero. We're just gonna press play. We're not gonna pause. We're gonna go all the way through, um, and then we'll talk about it after it's over. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so, ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, play. 
That dark music sounds like Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Is the world more peaceful since the revolution? My favorite line. Is the world more peaceful since the revolution? It is a shame that your people suffered. The Mandalorian people did suffer. It's true. Sick fight theme. Bam, action. But bounty hunting is a complicated uh, Frozen and carbonite bad guys, a whole row of them. Yeah. Boom, Lucasfilm logo. Money for daddy. <laughs> Another check for daddy. That ship and that they carbonite coming, coming out of the cargo bay just like Empire Strikes Back. They said you were the best in the Parsec. Uh, showdown in the bar. Fight scene coming. Would you agree? Ooh, bam, bam, whoa, sick fight. The little girl who's obviously going to be the central focus of the story. This crazy rhino creature. Spook planks, like desert. Spaceship battle. Look outside. They are waiting for you. Bill Burr with crazy gun backpack. Yeah. Good. And the first line from Pedro Pascal. So, yeah, good. Uh, the first dialogue from Pedro Pascal. Yeah, good. Uh, and the first so, action, really. Go ahead. So uh, I saw uh, online someone um, freeze framed and sh and pointed out. That um, there's one shot where like the um, there's like a, a woman carrying like a little kid, whatever, and behind yeah. her um, is a battle droid from uh, the prequels. Yes, that's right. Yeah. There, there, there is actually two or three different droids and ships mm -hmm. that are from Clone Wars era. There's a lot of Clone Wars era stuff. You can see Dave Filoni's influence in this trailer. Just from the droids and ships, yeah. for sure. And I, I've actually, I've, you know, I had a little bit back and forth with my millennial friends. Like I have millennial, millennial Star Wars podcaster friends yeah. who are super excited about the Clone Wars connections um, that they're seeing in this trailer. And my reaction is, well, something for all of us then, because. I don't give a crap about the Clone Wars connections. I'm super excited about the Return of the Jedi uh, continuation yeah. that we're getting in this. So, yeah. you know, it's it seems like maybe great job of pleasing us all, you know, giving something for all of the different generations of fans in here. But I still feel like this is for us, not for them more than anything. Right? Yeah, That's sure. still my feeling. Well, Favreau is our age, right? So, um... yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's clearly a diehard. But uh, as I was saying to you before we started recording, like how fucking gold would that be if uh, one of the um, the carbonite uh, frozen people was Jar Jar Binks? That would be and, great. Yeah, I think people would lose their shit if, uh, yeah. if or just like Gundam in general. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it didn't necessarily I will, have to be. Him. I wonder if we'll ever get a Gungan. I wonder if there'll be any Gungans in Episode <laughs> Nine or in. <laughs> The Mandalorian, like you should be, you, you're right. There should be at least a background Gungan character yeah. at some point, right? That'd be funny if, uh, obviously we don't know how Rise of Skywalker is going to end, but imagine if, uh, you know, the, um, I guess the, I want to, uh, not the rebellion, the, um, oh my God, what are they called again in this film? The resistance. The resistance. Um, if the resistance, like, you know, if they win, 
and they did the whole big celebration thing at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and they visited like the different planets. Oh right, throughout they the trilogy, the gun uh, right, and of course they show the gun <laughs> celebrating <laughs> again. <laughs> they better not do that. That forty <laughs> Return of the Jedi uh, special edition extra scene ending. Uh, they they better not do something that corny. <laughs> but that'd be a great way to uh, incorporate everyone from this whole entire franchise. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe the only way just yeah. cut to cut to every single character <laughs> from the see. entire saga yeah. celebrating and high fiving <laughs> where wherever they are in the galaxy. Wampas uh, high fiving each other yeah, on Hoth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, uh, a wampa high fiving a tauntaun <laughs> on Hoth. <laughs> Uh, and uh, uh, an Ewok high fiving, uh, I don't know, a bike. Jawa. Yeah. <laughs> a Jawa. Yeah. There's an Ewok Jawa wedding ceremony at the end. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. um, Too good. Uh, but about this trailer, uh, yeah. it is, uh, there's a lot more of, uh, Pedro Pascal, like in motion, like actually fighting, like showing what the action looks like. Yeah. Uh, I think it's super cool. Once again, like this is not something we have a lot to compare it to because we never saw Boba Fett in fight scenes like this. Uh, we, uh, we have Django Fett, uh, fight, uh, fighting, uh, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan yeah. From, yeah. Uh, so that's really like the one example that I can think of, but, um, how cool is it? It's so perfect looking to me. It's so amazing um and, you know it makes me think what those boba fett uh what boba fett could have been you know mm-hmm. uh even though we never got the chance for it to happen but uh uh pedro pascal is so great and um uh, just like his little move where he comes out the door and there's a stormtrooper like hiding next to the door and he doesn't even look he just sh- turns and just puts the gun up and shoots him without looking and then shoots ahead of him like uh, just amazing, cool uh, fight choreography. It looks like there's going to be in this film, in this in this series, and uh, his one line at the end, uh, you know, just dark and menacing and and not very vocal. Uh, perfect, perfect. I also saw uh, someone else point out uh, in that scene where he comes out and he like shoots the the stormtrooper. Uh, if you uh, freeze frame it. Um, a laser actually bounces off of his um, his armor. His armor, so yeah, his right. His armor is actually, um, I guess, for the best of lesser term, uh, bulletproof. Right, right. right? So, so the man, so the Mandalorian's armor. Um, this is all Clone Wars stuff. Yeah. Uh, Mandalorians have a special metal. I don't know what it's called. I forget now. I'm sorry, Star Wars fans. But it's like it's like Star Wars's version of adamantium mm-hmm. or, or uh, vibranium. Um, but uh, so um, I, what it looks like to me is uh, from this trailer. You see, he looks banged up at first, and then later on, his armor looks shiny and new. And uh, so I think part of the deal he makes with this. With this evil character, um, the Werner Herzog character, I think the Werner Herzog character pays him in this medal, and then he fixes up his armor, and then he gets all like renewed. And yeah, you see the laser bouncing off of it, and that's that's the like the Mandalorian armor like showing itself off. This is all stuff, like I said, all stuff that we could have got from Boba Fett that we never got because we never really got much Boba Fett in no. the original trilogy. No. Um, but uh, it's cool to see it uh, being played out and being explained and. And uh, all that in this series, hopefully. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, any other thoughts about this trailer? Um, other than the fact that I'm very excited and can't wait for this show to drop. Um, 
specifically in a trailer. Uh, nothing off the top of the head. Two weeks until The Mandalorian uh, yeah, starts. Two, two weeks, weeks, Kevin. And then we're going to be doing weekly uh, recaps and discussion of The Mandalorian. So, and we're going to have so much Mandalorian to talk about. It's going to be crazy. Apparently, we're getting two, two episodes in the first week. Okay, it's gonna so, be crazy. Yeah, so it's so, it's dropping on I believe like Tuesday, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yep. So the first episode uh-huh. drops on the Tuesday, and apparently the second episode drops on the Friday. Is what I heard. Wow. So okay, getting, so that's gonna yeah. be a crazy week, dude. We're gonna be busy and covering the Mandalorian. You know what else drops on the Friday? Uh, no, I don't. Fallen Order. So, oh actually, my god, yeah. And we don't game. talk about video games much on this show, but uh, think, uh, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order is a game that I'm very excited about coming out to. Yeah. Uh, it really looks like the Force Unleashed, but updated and beefed up and, oh, yeah. and cooler. Uh, I, yeah, I'm going to be playing that, and I'm sure we're going to want to talk about that. It's oh, probably yeah. going to have a lot, it's probably going to have some story elements that are going to be, that are going to tie into The Mandalorian mm-hmm. and Episode Nine. Uh, if they're smart anyway. Um, and you know what, Kev, uh, you know, talking about how busy we're going to be with the Mandalorian and also with episode nine coming out. Um, you know what? It really stresses me out when we have other good new TV shows, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because we have so much star Wars to talk about, but Kev, we have to, we have to, we have to get off the star Wars train for a second. Yeah. We have to, uh, talk about Watchmen. Yeah. A- am I right? Like that. <laughs> very good, very good, very good. Tick, 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 tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, So, Watchmen uh, on HBO is now two episodes deep. Yeah. Uh, we we just we just had episode two, and um, wow, Kev, I was looking forward to this show. Yeah. Uh, you know, I read the comic in its original run, and I was a fan of it, even though I didn't understand it because it was too, it's too like. Deep. meta it's too thinky it's too <laughs> yeah. it it's too like uh, uh i i can't even i don't even have the words i don't have the vocabulary to describe the watchman it's not a standard comic book right it's not a hero story it's an allegory it's a metaphor that uh, is that uses uh hero characters um to deliver messages uh societal messages um uh, it, it, it's a commentary on on our modern world. It was in the '80s, and and this series, um, even more so, yeah. even more so. Um, a, a couple quick things: uh, this TV series is not a series is not a sequel to the movie that we all remember from 10, 15 years ago, um, because that movie actually changed major elements of the comic, mm-hmm. uh, specifically the ending. In the ending of the movie, Ozymandias' plot involves using some kind of nuclear explosion in the comic book. It was a giant psychic squid from another dimension, uh, which he had appear over New York city and cause mass destruction and then blamed it on Dr. Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically the same thing he just used in the movie. They just used something that wasn't so weird as a giant psychic squid, uh, a nuclear bomb. You know, they went for simplicity. Um, a lot of Watchmen fans were turned off by that, and I think uh, fans of the Watchmen comic will be happy to know that this TV series is a sequel to the comics, yeah. not the movie. Um, so the whole psychic squid is back in, and the Watchmen elements are all back in place as we go forward now, telling a new chapter uh, set in the present day in 2019 in this 
completely alternate version of Earth, yeah. where where history is much different and affected by uh, the events of the comic book series. Um, uh, uh, what else? As far as um, just backstory here, um, you know, the world is informed definitely by the events of the movie. Uh, there, uh, the world is very much like ours today in that it's divided politically uh, between... Um, uh, it's like super ultra right wing conservative uh, and racist mm-hmm. <laughs> white supremacist white supremacist forces in America, and uh, and the uh, ultra liberal left wing establishment. And I want to say that this world is different in that um, the Democrats have been in power for thirty years. Uh, what happened in this world was after the events of Watchmen. Uh, Richard Nixon was in power. And there was a giant, massive blue wave, and Robert Redford was elected, um, and and all Republicans were wiped out of power uh, after Nixon in this world, um, and term limits were erased. So Robert Redford has been president all this time, ever since Nixon back in the seventies. Um, in in this world. Like um, Republicans have been out of power and they're angry and because they've been out of power for a long, long time. So the racial violence is turned up in this world. Mm-hmm. There's lynchings. There's like just, you know, black people are being murdered by whites on the regular basis. Um, other major changes to history are they go back to World War Two and in World War Two in this world, the Nazis played on the racial tension in America to try to make it worse. Um, The Nazis bombed uh, black troops with propaganda leaflets saying, why are you fighting for America when America treats you so badly? Come come and fight for Germany. Come and join us. You know, it's a lie that America is, is, is the good, are good and we're bad. Look at how they treat you, right? So, and there's a lot of ambiguity in this story about what is right and wrong. Like yeah. the, like the racial tension in this story is really the main focus of this entire story. Yeah. It is a race war. It, it there's, there's an there's openly a race war happening in America in this Watchmen, and that is the entire crux of the entire story that we're following here. Um, yeah, uh, it's, that's, I don't uh, know how much, how much more general, <laughs> how much more general background I can give, but I feel like you go, you have to do a lot of explaining with the series, right? Because it is, there's just so much going on. If you're watching it, you're, you're just asking, what is this? What is this? What is this? The whole intense. time, right? It's intense. Right. So, um, one of the parts that, uh, I'm still trying to figure out is the Jeremy Irons, Okay, so Jeremy so, Irons appears to be Ozymandias, um, who we know who was you know kind of the villain of the comic book series and the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one responsible for the whole plot with the giant squid, um, and kind of the antithesis to Doctor Manhattan. He's a uh, he's kind of a non superpowered human, although he does have some superpowers. Apparently, he's like really fast and he thinks really fast, which makes him really smart. Um, He's kind of uh, an anti-hero, non-hero character. He has virtuous goals. He's kind of like Thanos. Mm-hmm. His 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 goal is really world peace. He wants to bring about a more peaceful world, but he's got this god complex in that everyone in the world is like, 
a pawn to him and he's like just uh, you know making decisions for everyone else regardless of the circumstances right um so he he is the villain but he's like a very nuanced villain right so um we're talking spoilers right yeah of course we're talking about episode <clears throat> one and two, what we saw okay. in episode <laughs> because um that whole okay so they set it up in the first one and he wrote a he wrote a play and he wanted yes. his two servants to be the stars in this in yes. this in this play. Yes. He has a male servant and a female who yes. um I guess are kind of like his cook and whatever. They don't really go dwell into that. So anyways, right. in the second one they they act out this 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 play that that uh he wrote and the people who are like there's like um someone playing um well, I can't remember if it was a guitar or I just remember there was he was beating on no it was a violin if I remember correctly yeah and then he uh, started beating on the drum but he's got a face mask on and yep. there's someone else in the room too and they also have a mask then yep. of course uh, there's a part where he cooks <laughs> basically one of them alive yep and uh, I, I'm thinking okay so is that supposed to be real or is this like supposed okay to be part of the play? okay I can explain. Oh, and before you do, before you do, yep, yep, and then yep. and then of course uh, everyone takes off their masks and whatever, and they're all clones of each other, basically. And I yes. was like, "The fuck is going on?" Okay. <laughs> and of course, sure enough, he basically cooked one of the clones because yes, there's others. <laughs> yes. So so <laughs> that was the part where I was like, "The fuck is going on?" <laughs> Yes, yes, and I'm, and there, you should have been. There really was no explanation um, from okay, the first okay. episode to connect to this episode, but I'm very there intrigued. Is, I'm there very is intrigued. there there it is explained, but it's explained Later. in ways that in ways no in ways that you have to be very familiar with the comics for because if you have to be super familiar. Okay, yeah. so what's happening here is the play that he's writing, the Watchmaker's Son is the origin story of Dr. Manhattan. Right. Dr. Dr. Manhattan is a watchmaker's son, and the whole play is acting out the day that, that Dr. Manhattan was in his accident and got his powers and became Dr. Manhattan. So the the butler and the maid are clones of of Dr. Manhattan and his wife. Mm. And they the play is reliving that final day that they had together before he became Dr. Manhattan. So what's happening here is Ozymandias is trying to make a new Dr. Manhattan by cloning him. And he's trying to recreate the circumstances that gave him his powers. He's trying to make a new Dr. Manhattan that he controls. Hmm. So he's trying to balance out, um, you know, Dr. Manhattan beat him in the first in, in Watchmen even though he was the superior intellect. It's kind of like a Lex Luthor Superman thing, right? Lex Luthor has the super strong mind intellect, and he's so smart that he can figure out how to make himself powerful enough to fight Superman. But Superman is just so powerful, he beats him every time. And that's Lex Luthor's frustration is, I'm smarter than you, I should be more powerful than you, it's not fair that you have this power and I don't. Uh, Ozymandias and Dr. Manhattan, it's kind of the same dynamic. Like, like Dr. Manhattan doesn't care about the fate of humanity. Um, he's not interested in the same stuff that, uh, that Ozymandias is interested in, but he still is so powerful, he affects events and he can change everything. And Ozymandias just wants that power for himself. Mm-hmm. So what's happening here appears to be he's making clones 
of it looks like uh, I forget the I forget his Doctor Manhattan's uh, original name. Uh, uh, that's bad of me, but um, it looks like he's making clones of him and trying to recreate him, or at least reliving some fantasy version of it. You know, maybe he's crazy. We don't know. But mm-hmm. what's really fascinating to me here is I like I don't know what's going on exactly, but uh, like, have you noticed that they keep talking about how Doctor Manhattan is on the Mar is on Mars, yeah. and in the in this world, there's actually a TV show where they are watching Mars <laughs> through like a satellite image, and you can see little blue Doctor Manhattan standing on the surface of Mars, and you can see that he's making these buildings with his telekinesis and bringing them back down. And these buildings that he's building on Mars are exactly the same as the little kid character, Regina King's adopted son, is building with magnet Legos at the end of episode two. And it also also looks like it's the same building that Ozymandias is living in, in England. So I am totally – I think there's something going on here where Dr. Manhattan is actually controlling – everything right? right because that's why they're showing dr manhattan building this building and then they're showing ozymandias is living in that same building and then they're showing regina king's little kid is building that same building and they're talking about in this in episode two um lewis gossett jr's character my favorite character by the way will reeves regina king uh regina king's grandfather we mm-hmm. find out um uh, uh when he comes into the thing uh, he says, "Doctor, Man- I could." He says, "I'm Doctor Manhattan." At first, and she's like, "Doctor Manhattan can't look human," and he's like, "Of course, Doctor Manhattan can look human. He can do anything." So it, it puts the idea in your head that any character in this series could be Doctor Manhattan, right. just um, impersonating a person, or they all could be Doctor Manhattan. At the end of Watchmen, Doctor Manhattan said he was leaving the universe. He he didn't say he was going to Mars. He said, I've, I've lost interest in the affairs of this universe. I'm going to make my own. Right. And, make, and he said he was going to make new human life. So if this is really faithful to the comic, this whole show could be Dr. Manhattan's created universe and him just controlling everything. But like we don't know yet. We're only two episodes in, and this show slowly reveals information to you. And it's so beautiful the way it, Damon Lindelof, God bless you. Like the, the the writing on this show is so amazing. It reminds me of how I felt uh, at the beginning of Westworld at the when I watched like the first couple of episodes of Westworld, and I was just so blown away by just the amazing writing. and And here's a story that I wasn't really connected to before that just pulled me in with its amazing writing and casting and directing. Um, Watchmen has done this for me, and I think it's going to do this for an, it's going to create a new generation of fans for the Watchmen comics because this TV show is so beautifully made. It's so beautifully casted and acted and written and directed and filmed. Um, like I can't, I can't pump it enough. Um, but there's so much plot to go into, and and we don't have a lot of time left. Kev, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Is there, have I have I gone off on too much of a rant here? No, What's no. Um, as far as the Watchmen goes, um, no, it's I, I'm I'm really into it. Um, like I said, it's 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 a slow burn, so I'm still trying to figure out like what's going on. Right. Um, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Like other, whole... other other stuff in this world uh, that we didn't mention. Uh, there's technology 
that they have in this 2019 that we don't have in the real world today. Stuff that's left over from the comic book characters, like um, uh, Night Owl's owl ship. Right. Uh, the cops have that. They, right. And in the fir- in the first episode, there's a battle scene where the cops are flying the owl ship and and using it in battle. And they have all kinds of other little techni- technology stuff that is stuff that you saw Night Owl have in the comics and in the movie. So in like in this 2019, there's all these after effects. Like Rorschach's journal was published, and now there's a whole cult. Um, the racists, the white supremacists, have taken on the mantle of Rorschach and made him their hero. And now there's a whole cult of white supremacists who wear Rorschach masks um, and don't trust the government. And Rorschach's whole point of releasing his journal was he was exposing the conspiracy, right? And so Rorschach was the conspiracy theorist hero. And in this world, he's become the hero of the white supremacists. Um, And just like like, uh, Rorschach's journal has had an effect... Uh, you know, uh, the Night Owls technology is still present and has an effect. There's a TV show that's popular in this world uh, called uh, American Heroes Story, yeah. and it's about the Minutemen, the original characters from the Watchmen. So w- we go to this TV show and we see these superhero uh, action scenes on the TV show, but then we come back to this super realistic 2019. Um, uh, there's so much. There's so much. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want another rant, but um, <laughs> no, it's yeah. No, it's, you were it's, you were saying you were summing up. I think anyway. Um, <laughs> where, what was I summing up? I can't remember. Now. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, good. Uh, but I, again, like um, I, I want to go on again. Regina King, amazing. Yeah. Don Johnson, amazing. Yeah. And and the mystery of what's going on with him, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Louis Gossett Jr. and his mystery, amazing. Yeah. I, and I I feel like Louis Gossett Jr. is set up to be the opposite of uh, uh, Jeremy Irons' character, the Ozymandias character. I feel like, th- like I said, there's a race war going on here, mm-hmm. and we have we have a super powerful, mysterious white guy. Yeah. Ozymandias, and then we have a super powerful, mysterious black guy, Louis Gossett Jr., um, and he seems to have some kind of really powerful stuff going on that we have no idea about yet that we have to figure out. Yeah. Um, but this is just so fascinating and such a great time in his performance. Like, he's so entertaining to watch. Yeah. All of this is so entertaining to watch, even though a lot of it is really violent and really dark and really scary. Um, yeah. it's also, it's also, it also manages to be like super fun and like adult fun for sure. Like don't, like don't watch this with your kids at all. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like but even, even the part when they, um, when they invaded the, um, I guess like the trailer park, whatever. And, uh, the one guy swung at Regina King and he just, she just took him down and just started pounding. Yeah. Pounding his face, and then the um, violence of that. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you look close enough, like as she's like pounding him in the face, uh, one of the times when she draws back, uh, like blood goes flying up, and you know, what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. yeah man, there's was... some, there is some very graphic violence. Yeah. There is there is blood. There is swearing. This pulls no punches, and it's it's brutal, but it's also beautiful. I want to mm-hmm. say the Nine Inch Nails score is so amazing that the, the Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross. Sorry, um, uh, score of this. It feels like like really great, like a really great classic Nine Inch Nails album. It feels like like uh, especially in episode two, the score felt like hurt by Nine Inch Nails, like a bunch of times to me. Okay. And and the style, the the super science fiction stylization, like all of the masks, especially the mirror mask guy 
who's amazing, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I like gonna say Looking Glass is his character's name. Tim Blake Nelson, the amazing actor, uh, plays him uh, so great. Um, uh, I can't say enough about Watchmen, man. Um, we're only two episodes in, and I can't wait for the rest of it. Uh, yeah. And uh, for me, this is definitely a 9 out of 10 for TV series. It, it, I, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Because Westworld, I felt this way about again at the very beginning. And then it kind of, you know, it kind of had its hills and valleys. And I, you know, mm. by the end of season two, I didn't love it so much. But um, right now, holy crap, honeymoon phase for me. Yeah. Uh, everybody watch Watchmen, uh, 9 out of 10, and don't miss it for yeah. me. And yeah. How do you feel? Yeah, no, uh, I'm up there with you. Um, I'm I'm loving it so far. So uh, I don't know if I want to grade it yet, just because we are only two episodes in. I'm all, that's only <laughs> my first. That's only my rating for the first two episodes. Right. Nine, nine out of ten for the first two episodes. We'll so, see how it goes. Nine out of ten. So is the, is there room for uh in, for an increase? Like, will it be oh, a ten sure. out of ten? If uh, for sure, yeah. I, I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating that it's going to get better. Yes, yeah. I. But um, I. So far, it's blown me away. Like I was concerned. Like, what do you like? How are you going to tell a new story and keep it as good? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I feel like they they tried to do it in DC Comics a little bit to like like to introduce the Watchmen characters into DC Comics, and I hated it. It was awful. I thought. Right. Um, so I was worried that you that you're not going to be able to pull this off. Damon Lindelof, holy crap! Like he just managed to give me this brand new story in this brand new world that's all connected and tied to the Watchmen world so perfectly, right. so lovingly. Like I, I, yeah, no, I, I am really kind of blown away by how much I like this show, right. and I wasn't expecting I was expecting to like it, but I was not expecting to like it this much. Yeah, um, yeah definitely nine out of ten. I stand by that for sure. All right. That's that's right, that's right. And we're gonna have to rack we're gonna have to wrap up episode thirty one of twelve for this podcast very soon. Um uh I don't know. I feel like there's always more to talk about. Uh oh, yeah. I never really I never I never really get it all out there, but um <clears throat> how, but I've I've talked too much and, and I've talked over you too much tonight. So <laughs> why why don't I give you the final thought? Do you have one tonight? Is there anything um, you wanna Nothing nothing really off the top of the head, but uh uh, before we um, before we start recording, I did mention that uh, I did end up watching uh, My Name is Dolomite. Right, <laughs> Dolomite. And uh, this is Eddie Murphy's comeback film. Yep. And um, it's on Netflix right now. And I say uh, if you're into, um, especially if you're if you're someone who um, maybe not grown up with black exploitation films, but if you have a knowledge of black uh, black exploitation films, I highly recommend it. Right. Uh, it's. I remember uh, back back in the nineties, there was a lot of like in hip hop. They were sampling a lot of like you know black exploitation films. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of retro looking back to that. Yeah. A lot of love, a lot of love for that era of yeah, films, especially in the nineties. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I remember going through this uh, black exploitation phase. Where yeah. um, I was going to my local Jumbo Video and renting Dolomite, renting right. Shaft, uh, right. Cleopatra Jones, like anything right, with right. Pam Greer in it. Literally, like yeah, um, uh, Foxy Brown. Like wh- yeah. I remember watching, like renting all these films. 
Right. So I did have a bit of a connect um, right. when I you and Quentin Tarantino, right? Like these films yeah, yeah. influenced a lot of Hollywood, oh, uh, yeah. especially stuff that was stuff stuff that came out of the '90s was definitely informed by this era of films. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no. Um, watching this film, uh, yeah, no, I, I was, I was, I was loving it. I, I wish I could remember more of the original Dolomite film. Right. Uh, well, there, that's. That's the goal, right? Now yeah. a new generation of fans might might emerge from yeah, this. Yeah, no, it's true. Cool. And uh, I highly recommend, uh, speaking of black exploitation, um, a few years back, maybe about five, six, maybe seven years ago, I can't remember how old the film is, uh, Black Dynamite, which is, um, uh, what's his name, Jai, Michael Jai White. Right. Um, he, uh, him and like a bunch of people made this like black exploitation film, which was like, which is, uh, takes place in like, or sorry, it was made in the 2000s. So I want to say it came out like 2009. I, I, I didn't pull up in front of me, but anyways, but they did it in the style of black exploitation and they yeah. nailed it. It's like perfect. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So my, my two recommendations right now is my name is Dolomite. And then if you get the chance, go and watch, uh, black dynamite. So, oh yeah. And, um, and Dol- what's the, I'm sorry. Is, What's it called? What's the full title of the Dolomite movie now? The uh, Dolomite? My name is, I believe it's My Name is Dolomite. My Name uh, is Dolomite, yeah. Uh, I think so. It's either His Name is Dolomite or My Name is Dolomite, but I believe it's My Name is Dolomite. Cool. I'm going to be checking that out. I know, yeah, and, 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 and I bet I bet Janet's going to be checking that out. Are you going to be checking that out, Janet? <laughs> Janet is definitely going to be checking it out. That's the end? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Janet. I mean, we could have talked about Dolomite more. Maybe we will yeah. next episode. Uh, but that is the end of tonight for episode 31 of 12 for this podcast. Thank you for listening. Please check us out on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash 12 for this podcast, spelled with a two and a four, because that's how 90s rappers do it. And please also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash too old for this podcast, also spelled with a two and a four. Uh, please like our page. Please invite your friends to like our page. And, um, you know, send us a comment if there's anything that uh, we talked about on the show that you have something to say about or if it's something you want to hear us talk about in the future, please let us know. Yes, and and, uh, and and that being said, uh, there's nothing more to say except just chill. Till the next episode. <laughs>